Traveling the Vortex, Patreon exclusive. Well, it's just one again, and uh, continuing my review of some of the uh, Doctor Who comics that I've been stepping through as we go through this uh, series of comics from the first Doctor all the way to the current Doctor, uh, which is, uh, at this rate, I'm doing about two at a time, about one a year. It's going to take um, longer than I expected, but uh, bear with me. We'll, once I get into the swing of this, maybe we'll get some more of these. This, of course, is a Patreon exclusive for uh, our patrons who are subscribing, and again, thank you guys for doing that. The first story uh, that I'm talking about uh, in this round, or the next story, I should say, is the Gyros Injustice, and it was published in TV Comics, issues number 699 to 704. Uh, Neville Main is again doing the art and presumably the story for this. Uh, landing on a planet, Jillian rushes outside, convinced that the Earth, that it's Earth and immediately is captured by some spherical flying machines. The Doctor holds the machines at bay uh, with John inside the TARDIS, uh, with the powerful electrical shocks, but Jillian is captured and taken away. The Doctor and John spot some men hiding behind some bushes later. They make contact with them. Those men explain to him that their uh, world has been divided into three zones, a hot zone that always faces the sun and the dark and icy zone that always faces away from the sun. So these places are inhabitable on each side of a narrow strip. Between those, that is the only part that uh, they can grow and live and thrive. The men also tell him that, that once uh, they inhabited the, they had once inhabited the safe area, but they fell sick, and the gyros were created to keep the sickest of them out. Uh, but the sickness now is not as deadly as it was. In fact, they've been living with this sickness with no problem, but the gyros still keep them out. So the doctor, John, and one of the men break into the compound uh, that this is that's surrounding the the gyros base, and uh, they're captured and they escape from the gyros. Uh, I think a, a couple of times. Uh, the doctor realizes that the gyros are cultivating food for some reason. So they follow the flow of the production into a building where they find more men. Now, these men are who the gyros are protecting. These are men that haven't fallen to the sickness. They tell the doctor that they had come as youth and they have been there this whole time. Uh, the doctor offers to cure their sickness in exchange for his granddaughter's location. But the men say that it may be too late. The doctor and John uh, race to rescue Jillian in the nick of time. And uh, saying their goodbyes, they then return to the planet. Uh, they return to the TARDIS and leave the planet. Um, I really kind of like this story because this is the first story in the series that we've been doing that doesn't have a quote-unquote bad guy. It's one of those situational uh, uh, antagonists where the gyros are merely just doing their job of protecting those that are inside the camp compound who have not fallen ill. The men inside the compound do not realize that there are men outside that are sick because they've, they've been kept away from them. And the gyros know no better other than to keep them out or even presumably destroy them because the doctor has to rescue Jillian from what they call... Uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but some a, a location where there's basically a fire or flames, and then in the hot zone, and they drop. They were going to drop her in and kill her. So I'm, I'm assuming they feel that the gyros seem to think that they have to dispose of this sickness in this way. But, um, but uh, it, so there, there's no real 
bad guy in this, which I thought was interesting because it really felt very cookie cutter in the previous stories that I had read and reviewed that there was always a bad guy. There was always, you know, some uh, king or some ruler or somebody at the central of this. And there was always a horde of minions and willing to do their bidding. And, And so this was kind of a refreshing change. I really liked this story because of that. And it, it gives it a change. One of the things that I find um, fascinating about these TV comics, and of course they are a different breed from what we're familiar with in the TV series, but the Doctor very much is a man in charge and the man of action. And I think I've talked about this before because he's he's very on the ball and witty and, and much more uh, you know with it than say the Doctor. Well, and not to undersell the first Doctor in the series because he is you know he's an intelligent man. He does figure things out. He he rationalizes things. But this Doctor's a little more um, man of action in these stories, which is okay for these because it's it's just him and his grandson and his granddaughter. Um, but I really like the story. It, um, the one thing that I think it leaves a little empty or a little behind is. It rushes the end so much that you never see the doctor give the cure to the men. You have to presume that maybe it must have been done off panel or something. Um, or maybe it was just a ruse in order to get the location of where Julian was being taken. And I think it's sort of up to the reader to decide uh, how they want to interpret it. Because uh, right after that panel of, of uh, rescuing Jillian, it's the TARDIS dematerializing and, and you know they've said goodbye. So... Uh, you have to kind of assume maybe something happened in there where he, they got the uh, cure, but who knows? So the next one um, is the in, in, in the list that I'm doing is the Prisoners of Grithog. This was first published in TV comic holiday special 19 or no, sorry. Yes, 1965. Uh, again, it's Neville Main uh, doing the art, presumably presumably the story. Now, Doctor Who dot, uh, DoctorWhoOrder.com actually has this story after the TV comic story that I just did. Or no, I'm sorry, after the TV story uh, Home to Hamlin, which is the next one in line. But the Doctor Who guide at iSpider.org.uk and AlteredVistas.co.uk uh, also have this placed ahead of the story that are in this order that I'm doing them. So that's what I'm sticking with. You of course can decide where to place it, but nothing really framing this story indicates that that either place it would be incorrect. So in this one, the Dr. John and Jillian land on the planet Spectra and it's inhabited by a humanoid race ruled by Grittog and by dinosaur like creatures. Uh, Earlier, a spaceship from earth had entered Spec and space, Speckrin space and Grittog had his fighters force it down uh, and imprisoned the crew uh, thinking that they were spies after discovering the prisoners the doctor uses a ultrasonic flute in order to summon the dinosaurs to break the prison walls and take the prisoners back to their spacecraft after ter- afterwards they return to the TARDIS but Grittog has sent his men to attack it and the men are driven away uh, when their missiles are repelled by the energy field and the doctor had turned on before they let, or he, he lets Jillian and John at this point know that it, it can't be destroyed because he turned this uh, uh, gravity field on that repels the missiles before he left the st- uh, ship. So then our heroes take off in the, the uh, TARDIS. Um, this falls back into that trope of an ultimate bad guy with his henchmen. Um, not, and, and I think what I, I, 
I probably would have been a little more discouraged by the story because it feels like we're going back to that cookie cutter telling that was in the previous stories. But I think what was nice about this one is it is a very short story. It's only about six pages total. Uh, it doesn't run the number of panels that the TV comic does typically. Um, I presume it's because there are, are several different um, panels in TV comic holiday special and probably more than one Doctor Who story. Well, maybe not because unless the placement is different based on something else. This may have been the only Doctor Who comic I'm in there. I'm not sure I didn't pay that close attention. Anyway, um, but because it's quick and it, it's subtle, um, I, I thought it was kind of neat that, the, that both of these stories, uh, one, have the TARDIS with its uh, defense capabilities. Uh, in the first one, the, the the TARDIS is keeping the gyros at bay because it's it's like it's using, he, the Doctor's using the TARDIS to electrocute them or shock them anyway. Um, uh, in order to you know keep them off, the only reason that they end up getting upsided is, and I didn't mention this, but the the uh, gyros cut a hole underneath a bridge that they're on, and the TARDIS falls, uh, of course, undamaged. And then in this one, having the magnetic pulse that's repelling the missiles, um, it's not something that is not you know, in the purview of, of Doctor Who, we've had the TARDIS have self-defense uh, mechanisms and, and some similar to these uh, anyway, but I thought it was kind of interesting that two stories back-to-back -back have the TARDIS employing a uh, defense mechanism. Um, like I say, this one's this one was really good. This one was a little different. The, the comics that I've been reading have been in color, um, and this particular one was uh, kind of two-tone of pink, blue, and I believe black. Uh, which was nothing wrong with it, but it's like having kind of the black and white outline, but it had the different hues, uh, the, the, the tricolor look, which was uh, unusual, but kind of different. So I, I enjoyed that. Uh, anyway, that's that's the two that I'm going to do. This particular story, by the way, there is, uh, the, I, I should say, and if I did before, the last story you can also find reprinted in Doctor Who. So this is uh, the gyros. You can find that reprinted in Doctor Who Classic Comics number 17 if you have a better chance at accessing that. Unfortunately, Prisoners of the Grittog uh, do, does not have a reprint of this story, so you will have to search out the original holiday special issue to read this one, but I can say that it is easily accessible online if you just happen to know how to search for it. So uh, there is an option to get it that way. All right, well, I plan to hopefully, knock on wood, I know I said this last time, but do these a little more frequently so uh, I can power through some of these reviews of these comics. Um, probably some of the ones that, that uh, Sean particularly doesn't much care for this era of Doctor Who, especially because there is a lot of use of Doctor Who, like calling the Doctor Doctor Who. And everybody knows how that kind of you know irritates him. So anyway... Um, that's going to do it for this one, and I uh, hope you uh, continue supporting us on Patreon. We're going to try to get to you some more um, personal content like this uh, to keep you guys around because we feel like you guys are, are doing us something special by supporting us, and so we want to make sure we're giving something a little bit extra back to you guys. So uh, if that's going to do it for this time, until next time, I'm Glenn. Cheers! You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.